Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast, Raising Kids in a Screen-Filled World, Part 1, How Much and When. That is today's topic. Oh my gosh, this podcast topic is so long overdue. I have intended on tackling the topic of screen time, how much, when, and how to successfully navigate this and decisions around this with your children. I've intended to tackle this topic since, honestly, I started my podcast. And the reason is simple. Nothing has dominated the conversations between me and my husband when it comes to raising our kids more than this particular topic. As we all are well aware, we're the first generation of parents who are so-called digital immigrants, raising the first generation of digital natives, and there is no clear-cut path. There is no one answer. We don't even understand fully the impact on screen time and how much digital images and different types of screens and social media, all of these things. We don't even fully understand the impact on humans because it's so new. There is a documentary right now that is getting a lot of attention that perhaps many of you have watched. The documentary is called The Social Dilemma. And if you haven't had a chance to watch that, I really encourage you to do so. I really want to be a conscientious consumer of screens and social media. And this particular documentary has a lot of really fascinating, sometimes scary, and very enlightening information about what we are starting to find out about the impact of social media on human behavior. Really important. There's another fantastic documentary called Screenagers, and there's a follow up documentary that I actually have not seen yet, but is on my list. But the first one, Screenagers, really talks about the impact of screens on children. And there's a lot of research that went into creating that documentary that's really important information, and one that I think is really important to watch with your children, particularly if they are older elementary, middle school, or high school age. So there's two great resources right there for you to kind of delve into this topic. But here we are. We are these digital immigrants raising these digital natives, and many of us don't know what we're doing. And many of us have been in an ongoing process of trial and error 
trying to determine what works best for us and our families. I know that's where I've been. And I'm going to go into a bit of my journey because I'm sure it parallels a lot of your journeys when it comes to this. My oldest is 16 years old, almost 16 and a half. And so I've been navigating this for a lot of years. Some of you may be more at the beginning of this and you're trying to make really conscientious decisions around screen usage when it comes to your kids. And I hope to share a bit of some of my highs and lows when it comes to navigating this journey with my own family and share with you some of what I've learned and some of the direction that I'm currently taking with my family and in a hopes that it can really help you make decisions that are informed with your families. I mentioned at the very top that I had intended on tackling this topic very early on when I started my podcast, but I've delayed. I've delayed and delayed and delayed. And I'd say the biggest reason why I have delayed is this pandemic and home quarantining and all of the physical so-called social distancing that we had to deal with over the past almost eight months. And I kind of thought, you know what? Timing is off. The timing is off because I, like so many other parents, have been in somewhat of a state of survival parenting. And I thought, you know what? This is not really the time. I don't think parents right now are hungry to hear about the impact of screens on their children and a lot of the negatives associated with that. We're all in this mode of survival parenting. And for many of us, that might mean that we have really, really let down in terms of our goal to maybe create more of a sense of balance when it comes to our kids and screen usage. Many of your kids are tied to their screens all day long at school. So when we think about what we thought originally was an appropriate amount of screens for our children, we're blowing that completely away when our children are receiving their schooling, in many cases, via their screens. Sometimes I've heard upwards of six, seven, eight hours a day of remote learning via a screen. So if I were to come in here early on in this pandemic and present to you some suggestions about how to really set parameters in your homes around screen usage, I just thought, you know what? Timing is off. People are not ready and interested in hearing this now. I myself had really succumbed to prolonged periods of survival parenting. And a lot of that had to do with kind of relinquishing any kind of sense of responsibility on my side at times when it came to making structures that would help me and my children stick to what I thought was a healthy amount of screen consumption. And I didn't really want to delve into the topic when I was kind of in this period of kind of waffling and wallowing in my own apathy when it came to setting those limits for my children. But here we are, like I said, entering around month eight of this, I hate this term, but new normal that we're all dealing with. And I feel like, you know what, I can't delay any further. I need to start delving into this topic, but I'm not going to try and tackle the full range of things I could discuss when it comes to raising kids in a screen filled world, because there's just too much. So today, like I said, I'm just going to be tackling the topic of how much screen time and when that screen time is consumed. I'm not going to be providing you with a pre-prescribed amount or an exact time for your family. That is your work. And that is something that you need to come to a decision on for your family. There is not a one size fits all amount that I can provide for you. 
that is not possible and everything is going to look a bit different for every family. Instead, what I will be providing for you is some questions to ask yourself when it comes to your children and how much and when they are consuming screen time in an effort for you to come to your own decision about how much and when this screen time is going to work for your family. First, though, I want to kind of walk you through a bit of my own personal journey when it comes to screen time and my children. So like I said, my oldest is 16 and a half. So we're in our 17th year as parents. Back when she was a little tiny baby, we were looking at the recommendations coming from the American Academy of Pediatrics, which was zero screen time before the age of two. Zero. None. And at about the same time, there was this very controversial thing that entered the marketplace, Baby Einstein DVDs. And these Baby Einstein DVDs were marketed for parents to provide for their babies. And they were these, There's, I think there's probably still around now, uh, maybe not in DVD format. But at the time, these were highly controversial because we were being told no screen time at all under the age of two. And these were DVDs marketed for babies. They were classical music and the images were puppets and little stuffed animals and toys and other babies that infants could watch and listen to classical music and have just another way to be entertained when parents were looking for a little break. Or in some cases, parents believed that these were actually very valuable there's lots of studies about exposing young children to classical music and the images seemed like they were pretty, I don't know, not dangerous. They were puppets. They were animals, babies, toys, kind of just rolling around. It wasn't this really quick paced imagery that we often associate with media that is created for young children. It was very, very slow paced and seemed fairly benign. Um, I was gifted a few of these DVDs at baby showers or as baby gifts. I didn't use them much because I was fearful about early exposure to screens for my baby. And I was thinking, you know, this wasn't something my child needs. I didn't believe the hype around the fact these were beneficial. I could play classical music in the background without it being linked to a visual image. However, I had them. I did pop them on a couple times just out of curiosity to see if they grabbed my child's attention. Honestly, they didn't grab my child's interest for very long. I didn't use them much. But I think back about that firstborn and my experience raising my firstborn so long ago and my initial fear around exposing her to screens before the age of two based on what had been recommended. Then she turned two and I introduced her to little bits of things that I thought were fine. Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, things that were on TV that were geared towards her age group that seemed fine. I introduced her to the world of some of the Disney movies that I loved and we kind of really enjoyed watching those together. Then my second born child came along when my oldest was about two and a half and remembering, oh yeah, no screens before age two, how is this supposed to work? So now my oldest child is able to be exposed to screens in small amounts, but I've got this other child who's not supposed to have any between before the age of two. 
And initially, I think I kind of just worked the screen time around times when maybe I needed to nurse the baby or when he was down for a nap. So he wasn't really exposed. But then he got a little older. He's crawling around. He wanted to see what big sister was doing. And I kind of just let down my guard. And yes, his first birthday party was Elmo themed because he loved Sesame Street and he loved Elmo. And my firstborn had never seen Sesame Street or Elmo before the age of two. And my second born, oh, that was his favorite. And the other funny part here about this early screen exposure for my second born was the fact that because he was watching things like Sesame Street, and there was this other show that was really popular at the time that my older one loved, Super Y, he learned his letters before he could speak, before he could like speak a lot of words. And it was one of these things that I discovered by accident it became our favorite entertainment for family and friends when they came over that I could write a letter and my 18 month old little boy who could say maybe like five words at the time, it was a bit of a late talker. Um, he could identify these letters. I did it by accident. I wrote something down once and he crawled over to me, kind of pulled himself up and he saw I drawn a W and he said, W. And I thought, well, did he just say W? And I wrote an S and he goes, S. And I was like, oh my gosh, my child is a genius. He's 18 months old and he knows just about all of his letters. I think at that time he knew something like 18, 20 letters. And I was just fascinated by this. And he had learned it, honestly, from Sesame Street and Super Y. I could not take responsibility for that. That wouldn't have been something I would even have thought to expose my 18-month-old to. But nevertheless... You know, there's been a journey from the beginning in terms of my fears around exposure and now moving forward a few years, kind of my guard was down. And now it's commonplace. And I have also with my youngest kids, it's commonplace to see babies with iPads and iPhones in their hands. I have had to keep my little ones quiet while they have been sitting through a baseball practice that their brother was at or a dance recital their sister was at. And what do I do? I hand a phone to my child. I don't like it. But I've done it kind of out of a necessity to kind of function as a larger family with a wide range of ages. There's also been some kind of like steps back from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Now, I can't remember the exact recommendations now, but they've loosened up on that zero screens before age two recommendation. They now say a little bit and small amounts is okay and so on. I must say, though, that when my third born came along, I needed a couple baby gear items that I had given away, not knowing that we were going to have a third child. And when I was searching for one of those kind of bouncy seats, I found one that came with an arm attached where you could slot in an iPad and keep your child in a baby seat looking at an iPad screen. And I just about fell on the floor. No judgment if you bought that or you were gifted that or your baby used that. I just was floored because of the perspective I had with my first two children. I did not buy that bouncy seat. I got one of the old school kind where they kind of bounced and there was kind of a little toy for them to kind of swat around in front of them. But the fact that they had baby seats that had iPad holders kind of blew me away. Anyway, Finding the right balance of screen time and finding that healthy mixture of allowing them to have some screen entertainment or some apps, games for my children has been a challenge. There have certainly been times when my husband and I have been like, you know what, I wish we could start over and just throw this all out. I've looked at friends of mine who have raised children without any screens with complete admiration sometimes jealousy. Why can't we be like them? Well, the reality is I like my screens. I like my technology. I like watching a movie. I like watching TV. I enjoy social media. 
I also recognize that I sometimes don't set healthy limits for myself. So setting limits for my children or expecting them to have this ability to regulate the amount of screen time they're taking in, I know is unrealistic. But that's not who we are as a family. And so instead, we've taken on this journey of trying to find this healthy balance. Here is the short, or perhaps it sounds like a long list of things we have tried. We have tried setting a time limit, a half hour on school days of screen time, once homework and chores are finished, um, and an hour to two hours on weekends. We have tried zero screen usage during the school week, and then just two hours on weekend days. On summer breaks and vacations, we have set limits of maybe two hours a day. We have also tried this concept of unlimited screen time during the summer after a long list of activities and reading and chores and physical activity has been accomplished. We have limited screen entertainment to differentiating between use of screens that is passive, meaning just watching a show, a video, or playing a game, um, limiting just that to maybe a maximum of one hour a day, and then permitting unlimited use of screens and devices when they were used as tools for creation and communication. We have drawn up contracts for cell phones for my older children when they had cell phones for the first time, but also we've used contracts when it came to screen time for our kids that were younger as well, just generalized screen times. We have utilized parent controls on our devices and things that would kind of set screen limit times that kind of the screens would shut off after a certain period of time had passed, or there were downtimes that were pre-programmed into my kids' devices. We have taken prolonged screen breaks, uh, sometimes for a short period of times, sometimes for an entire summer when no screen time was permitted. We've done it all <laughs> in my family, and we're still navigating this journey. It is so challenging. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. So again, now we're in this period of home quarantining, pandemic, we don't have the same types of activities that our kids were doing pre-pandemic. And I, like many of you back last March, had to combine remote learning with multiple children, two working parents, no extra sets of hands to help out during this period of pandemic. And during this period of time, I kind of got into this mode of, hey, who wants a screen? Who wants a movie? Kind of like, you know, allowing a lot of permission around screens. But in my early days, I was just not going to use screens to entertain my kids now that they were home full time. I sacrificed my work. I sacrificed, frankly, my mental health. And I gave everything I had to my children, particularly my two younger children. I determined to keep them off screens the majority of the day, except for screens that were related to schoolwork. And fill the days with activities, projects, games, opportunities for play, about 10,000 snacks a day, it felt like. 
And I thought I could do this. This is temporary. I can do this. I can help create a healthy amount of screen consumption for my kids in the midst of pandemic. But then those two weeks we were supposed to stay home turned into six weeks. And at that point, I just about broke. I thought, I don't know how I'm going to keep this up. And right about at that time, I stumbled upon a post from one of my very, very favorite people, Glennon Doyle. And she was the one who kind of delivered what I needed to hear at that time, which was a huge dose of permission. Permission to break kind of all of the rules and shame I was putting on myself when it came to screen time. And I'm going to read for you the post that I think actually initially it was a verbal post, but it was also typed up into an Instagram post. And I'm going to read for you what I needed to hear this big dose, like I said, of permission. These are Glennon Doyle's words here. My friend called last night. Her four-year-old son was screaming, just screaming. She says, my life is hell right now. I'm trying to work. And the only time I get a moment of peace I get all day and night is during TV time. I say, wait, stop. Did you just say the words TV time? What do you mean TV time? Parents, listen to me and listen good. TV time is for peace times. You know what TV time is during the corona? TV time is all the times, all the times, all. You know, I love you and I always try to be gentle, but this is mom shaming yourself during a global pandemic is where I must draw the line. If you insist on educating the wee ones during hell, here are your options. Sit kids down, turn on TV. Walk in after a few hours, mute the TV, turn on closed captions, reading lesson, done. Yell, how many Daniel Tiger episodes is this? They yell back, seven. Mouth lesson, done. They yell, can you turn it up? You yell back, turn it up yourself. Technology lesson, done. They yell, can I have some water? You yell back, walk to the kitchen and get it yourself. Physical education, done. They whine, mommy, I'm tired of TV. You look them right in the eye and say, listen to me, baby, keep on keeping on. Don't quit. You can do hard things. Lesson on resilience and stick to it Done. To think of all of you depriving these children of these essential life lessons because of your own TV shame issues is sad. Really sad. So again, those were Glennon Doyle's words. I'm going to say here that I find Glennon Doyle to be incredibly brilliant. She has opened up my mind to so many things that I myself had rules about, many things about just being a woman, many things about limits I have put on myself. She is so smart. And when it came to this post, I was like, you know what? I am mom shaming myself. All these things that I have shamed myself about are not applicable during a pandemic. So I took those words and I was like, F this. You want screens, TV, and more screens? Have at it. Mom and dad need some peace. And you know what? This is just a few weeks of quarantine. We're going to all return to some school and some normalcy and activities and a more healthy balance after spring break. And if that were the truth, this decision probably would have been just fine. But as we all know, 
that didn't happen. And honestly, this post by Glennon Doyle came early in the pandemic, early during quarantine, I think the first couple of weeks of April. And I did need to hear that then. And I did need to have a break because I needed a chance to regain some mental health balance myself that was greatly lacking. And if we had to go way overboard and I had to sacrifice my children's balanced life and frankly, their mental health for a period of time when I was in survival mode, I knew we could recover. I could get that back. But because of this, I witnessed also the results of too much screen time and the decline of my children's motivation to do much else, including play. And that was frankly disturbing. We got a better balance over the summer. And although we were not as restricted and we can get outside a lot, we did enforce more screen limits, probably not as much as we had enforced and built into our structures in previous summers. And we also sometimes did do the whatever Glennon Doyle have at it checkout decision when we needed a break more than anything else, when mom and dad needed a chance to kind of regain some of our own resilience and kind of say like, have at it, survival parenting. We did this sometimes even during the unthinkable times, like during a family vacation to Orcas Island in Washington, where there was this gorgeous beach and weather and outdoors and water play and all these things. There were times that my kids just sat inside on their screen and I got to take in the beautiful environment that we were in because again, I needed a chance to heal and get some space. And you know what? I was okay with that. But now entering month eight of this quarantine period, I have a better perspective and commitment to create the space my children need to be kids, to kind of regain some of what they have been losing during this quarantine and really important pieces of their development. Eight months is too long to have this F you whatever screen time mentality. It is too long. And our children are going to go through a lot of developmental losses if we do not take the reins. So here's what I'm going to do today. As I said, I'm going to provide the questions that you need to ask yourself when determining how much screen time and when to permit screen time in your own family. Here's question one. How much screen time are your kids currently consuming? Here's what I want you to do first. Estimate how long you think your kids are typically using their screens right now. Just write down a number, kind of make a mental checklist and figure out what you think is their typical screen consumption on a daily basis and on a weekly basis. Just make a guess. Then check your estimate by using the tools you have, the screen time records on their devices, your Wi-Fi records that you can use through your Wi-Fi provider, Comcast or whatever cable TV, if you have that records you have, check to see the data. And then ask yourself, A, was I correct? Did I estimate the right amount? Most of us, frankly, are underestimating the amount of screen times our kids are consuming right now by a few hours, not a few minutes, but a few hours. So once you have the real answer, ask yourself, am I comfortable with this amount? If yes, great. If not, ask yourself, how much would I feel better about? How much do I feel is actually a healthier amount? If your kids are a little bit older, this is step two, if your kids are a little bit older, school age and beyond, 
Repeat these same steps with them. Have them estimate, have them check their data against the real numbers and ask them, what do you think about that? Do you think that's a healthy amount? Or do you think, hmm, I kind of am not comfortable. I'm kind of grossed out by how much time I'm spending staring at a screen. It's helpful to engage children in that process if they're a bit older because you want to be having them build some understanding of the amount of screen time they're using and how they're spending their time, their waking hours. Next, ask yourself, how do my kids behave when they hit a limit you have set and you enforce it? Oftentimes in my parent coach practice, I have parents ask me, you know, how much screen time should I be allowing my kids? And I tell those parents, I can't give you that actual amount because it is so different kid by kid, given their ages and also their temperaments. And also, frankly, given the dynamics between parent and child and where your child is in terms of their connection with you. So what I tell those parents in my coaching practice is, well, how do they behave when you say, oh, you know, the half hour's up, the hour's up, the two hours is up, whatever limit you have set, how do they behave? That behavior is communication. If they accept that limit, they easily move away from that screen and on to something like playing or creativity or drawing, or if you have siblings playing with one another, if they easily move on to something else, you probably have about the right amount or that screen time is being offered during the right time. If your child is a complete nightmare following the removal of the screen time, if they have complete meltdown, if they're agitated, if they are frustrated, if they are suddenly becoming incredibly demanding of your time, of your energy, of the need for a sudden snack, of constant cries of boredom and not being able to find their own answers for their boredom, you have to constantly entertain them and provide those answers. That behavior is communicating that the amount of screen time your child is consuming is too much. It's not working. Now, oftentimes parents at this point will jump into threatening their kids or bribing them or saying, gosh, if you're going to act this way, every time we take away screen time, you're not going to be able to have it anymore. If it sounds like that was a really realistic impression of what you have said at your home, known that that comes because I have said those things in that tone myself at times, even knowing better, but I do know better. And I know that that's not your child's fault. The 3D parent way is determining what is at the root cause of child's behavior and not punishing from their behavior, but decoding that behavior, looking at what is at the root cause of that behavior and addressing that. So if you jump into threats and bribes and punishing your children for communicating to you with their behaviors that this isn't working, you're making a mistake. Instead, take action. They communicated to you it's, not, it's too much. So now you have the ability to do something different, to set a new limit, to decrease the amount of screen time, or to have it occur at a different time. But don't punish your child. Don't threaten them when it comes to the way they behave when you remove the screens. Use that as information and use that as impetus to make change and go in a different direction. Next question, ask yourself, when are you permitting this screen time? Is it happening at the right time? Well, when is the right time? 
It is never the right time following a period of separation between you and your child. That does include first thing in the morning or right after they've come home from school, if your children are attending school or right following when they've come home from daycare or a nanny's care or something other than your care. Why? It's because kids can start to mistake the connection they feel between them and digital devices and media as the real thing. But of course it isn't. So that just makes them crave more due to the addictive nature of screens and the fact that it's not fulfilling the way that human connection is fulfilling. And we know there's so much research there. I'm not going to go into it any depth right now, but there's so much research there about the dopamine hits that kids are getting that are dangerously addictive. Some studies point to the fact that they're even more addictive than drugs. Kids need those hits to come from human connection. They need to get their good feeling hormones kicking, the oxytocin, that bonding, connecting hormones flowing, resulting from human interaction. Once those attachment needs are met, that's when it's okay to offer a limited amount of screen time if you're going to do so to your children. If they're waking up first thing in the morning and they're immediately plugged into screens, you're missing the opportunity to be the one that fills up their attachment needs with your human connection. Then removing the screen for them, it's like taking away a deep attachment. That's how you have to think about this. And that is not healthy. So think about when those screen times are falling in your home, they should be after a period of time for them to connect with you. Next question to ask yourself, are my kids able to find the answers to their boredom when screens are not an option? Or are you having to constantly provide the answers? Or are your kids not able to fall easily into play mode? I went into a lot of detail about the importance and necessity for play in children in episode 19, the power and importance of play. Play is not optional. Play is not superfluous. Play is essential to your child's development. And if they're not really playing or not driven to play, if that emergent energy is not coming from them, if they want to create things or play with things easily, that is likely tied to their screen consumption. And that brings me to the next question. Is it time for a complete screen-free detox break? We did this recently in my home because it became concerning to us that even though we were putting in more structures and limits with my youngest kids, especially when it came to screen time, they were still agitated following reaching that limit. Even though I was not allowing them to have screen time until they kind of got their you know, connection time with me and or my husband, we were still hearing on board constantly. And this was really frustrating and frankly, disturbing. They had forgotten to play. They didn't want to play. So we basically thought, well, gosh, you know, they need a break sometimes too. They're working so hard. There's a pandemic going on, but I wasn't willing to go back into my who cares mode again. So instead I went the opposite direction and I said, no screens. And what we saw over the next period of time that we had a complete detox from screen was an incredible reminder of what screens were doing and providing for my children, which is not a break. It was actually a blockade. 
as soon as screens were no longer a option, and believe me, we had to hit that futility. I had to hear, I had to be um, okay with my kids crying, uh, particularly my third born who really loved her screen time. That was a big futility for her to face, no screens. And there was a lot of crying and a lot of demanding to know how long there was going to be no screens. And I need to know. And I just had to say, I, I don't have an answer for you yet, but I can tell you there will be no screen time. And I'll let you know when I decide it's okay to allow any screen time, but I don't know when that's going to be. And there's no promises about when that's going to be. So once she got to a point and she cried all those tears and felt really sad about this limit and accepted it, play just kind of took off. Creativity took off. That emergent energy that was kind of somewhat lacking was there again. I also found this bonus prize. There was less fighting between my two younger kids. There was more fighting that took place when they had more screens. Everybody was happier. They were building again. They were interacting with toys they kind of had forgotten that I thought maybe were bound for um, you know goodwill. They were playing with their toys again. They were rediscovering new ways in which to play and creativity was blossoming again. I was tempted to kind of not reintroduce any screen time again, but we've delved back into a very limited amount of time. But not only is it after that, connection time has taken place between me and my children. It's also now following prolonged periods of play. So I'm kind of reserving it for after there's been a lot of emergent energy, a lot of play and a lot of connection time. And it's kind of just like a little treat at a period where I think that it won't be detrimental to them. But I might revisit that. We might go to screen-free school weeks again. Um, I'm just kind of revisiting that. So as I said, this was just meant to be the first in what I intend to be a series of podcast episodes addressing raising kids in a screen-filled world. I'd love to hear from you your particular concerns and challenges and roadblocks when it comes to navigating screen time with your families. And I will address those on upcoming episodes addressing screen time with your families. Take care and have a nice day. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one -on -one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the 3D Parent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.